This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update. Today, we're talking with Dr. Pradama Sharma, Executive Medical Director of Evergreen Health in Kirkland, Washington. We'll share how her health system quickly pivoted to ensure physician well-being during the pandemic and how some of those changes will influence care in the long term. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Sharma, thanks for being with us here today. Uh, So many states are dealing now with a surge in cases because of the Delta variant. Uh, But at the beginning of the pandemic, if we can remember all the way back then, Evergreen Health was pretty much on its own in uncharted territory. Uh, uh, Washington State and Evergreen Health specifically was where we saw some of the very first uh, cases of COVID positive patients in the US. So I wanna start by just kind of going back to that time in early 2020. You know, what was the general feeling among uh, your physicians as it quickly became clear that Washington State would be our nation's first hotspot Good morning, Todd. Thank you. Um, That's a great question. It's been uh, about 18 months and remembering back to February 28th when we first realized that we had two COVID positive patients in our ICU uh, and then uh, realizing that there was an outbreak in our local uh, nursing home facility uh, that uh, our community and our hospital is serving. Um, We quickly needed to uh, you know, understand how we were going to handle these situations, uh, not knowing how to care for these patients, given that there were no guidelines at the time. Uh, we also realized that these patients had been seen in our community uh, clinics uh, by our primary care physicians, not knowing at that time that they were potentially being exposed to a COVID positive patient. As you can imagine, that led to a lot of fear, consternation, you know, the fear of the unknown, how is it going to affect my health, my family's health, my staff's health, and which other patients may have been exposed. So it led to a little bit of confusion, a little fear. There were no masking guidelines. There were no social distancing guidelines at the time. And so just having to work through that, um, I remember it's still very clearly how we just had to come up with a plan on the fly and then implement it and communicate it out. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, vaguely like uh, contagion the movie. I mean, within a few days, you've got the CDC uh, on your doorstep and you're having to develop kind of a playbook uh, for how to deal with this that, uh, you know, actually would later be adopted nationwide. Can you tell us a little bit more about what, what that looked like? So we were very grateful to the CDC for arriving at our doorstep within three days of the first uh, confirmed cases. Um, however, the CDC did not have a playbook for us to use. There were no set guidelines. We had no way of knowing how to treat these patients that were hospitalized or how to deal with the uh, patients that we were seeing in our outpatient clinics that could potentially expose other patients as well as our staff. So in collaboration with the CDC, um, we developed those guidelines, uh, consulting with our experts, consulting with the CDC, coming up with a best practices approach, which again was changed frequently when new information came to light. Uh, This information was then able to be shared by local facilities uh, who were now starting to see see, uh, COVID positive patients, Mm -hmm. as well as nationwide as the uh, pandemic spread. And and just like anything, you know, it's not, it's uh, more than systems. It's all about communication. 
Um, is there anything about your pivot in terms of communication that really stood out about that period? Right. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of fear and confusion initially with not having guidelines for treatment, masking, PPE, et cetera. And we needed to get that immune on uh, that uh, information out to all our staff, our physicians, our facilities, as well as our community. We immediately set up a command center. We were able to send out uh, daily updating emails for all our staff and our community. We uh, instituted town halls on a um, pretty much instant basis where we started giving weekly uh, updates, sometimes more often uh, to our staff and our uh, community too. Um, having that um, flow of information and explaining the why's behind some of the decisions that were being made was really critical in uh, keeping people up to date uh, with the CDC's recommendations mm. and the new guidelines that were being put into place. And that uh, I'm sure in that period, you know, we were still uh, learning a lot about the whys, and I'm sure that uh, uh, has continued over the course of time. I mean, uh, you really, uh, being on the front lines of that kind of first wave, experienced, uh, you know, what we saw, which was, you know, a real uh, physical challenge uh, with trauma, uh, exhaustion uh, with your staffs, your healthcare teams. You know, that's, you know, we were one of the first organizations we saw then to really stress uh, the, the issue of wellness with your entire healthcare team. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what you learned quickly and started to put in place at that early date? We realized that even though we were all experiencing the same pandemic, we, our experience with that pandemic was slightly different. So if somebody had childcare issues, personal health care conditions, um, schools were closed, people were getting furloughed. And we needed to come up with some kind of solution that would, you know, not a one size fit all, but could be uh, modified for uh, individuals. Our hospital then was able to uh, allow people to use modified benefits. Uh, people were um, directed towards the employee assistance program, a shared leave program was created. Uh, we were able to work with some local church organizations and other childcare providers in the area to provide free childcare for our essential workers. There was an employee assistance fund where co-workers could donate funds and people in need, uh, other employees, co-workers could access those funds, which helped tremendously in, feel, in that feeling of we're all in it together. Many of our non-hospital-based physicians were also able to get credentialed on an urgent basis at the hospital in case the surge got so bad that we could you know, feel like we were contributing and relieving some of the stress mm -hmm. off of our care teams in the hospital. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. I'm curious. I mean, obviously, a lot of time has transpired. Uh, what we hoped wouldn't happen is we're back in, you know, kind of successive surges and waves of this. As you're thinking about uh, physician wellness evolved over the course of time in terms of the complexity and what you're trying to accomplish? Right. So we need to keep in mind that this has been a continuum. There's been hope. We were so uh, excited when the vaccine came out. We had 
relatively quieter summer, but now we're seeing that surge again, which is stressing our teams. We have staff shortages, which are adding to the uh, stress on the system. Uh, keeping that in mind, we have uh, our wellness committee, which has been in place for a few years now, as well as the hospital staff have instituted several um, new uh, programs such as Schwartz rounds. We have Code Lavender. We've created some Zen dens at the hospital where people can have a few minutes of respite when they need it. Um, the town halls have continued and we have a very strong basis I mentioned earlier about communication and a very strong culture of collaborative work. We're patient focused, we've kept that uh, people focus in mind the whole time, which I think has helped to some, uh, you know, a great degree. We can't make the stress from pandemic go away, but we want to support our staff and our physicians. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the the issue of physician burnout was not new uh, before the pandemic is just uh, was exacerbated by it. Um, even before the pandemic, you were working with the AMA as part of its practice transformation initiative. Can you talk about why you got involved in that? You know, and did that, you know, put you, uh, you know, ahead of the game when you have to deal with something like a pandemic on top of your normal levels of burnout? That's a great question. So we had become engaged with the AMA around April of 2019 uh, in the Practice Transformation Initiative. And the thing that attracted us to that was that the joy in medicine, the effort to get that back was focused on organizational changes and not asking our physicians to be more resilient or work on their own uh, you know, self-care. Um, the processes we put in place as part of this initiative where we made workflow changes that enhanced uh, our clinicians' workflows on a day-to-day -day basis, I think eventually was really helpful. We found out at the pre and post survey when we did the comparisons that our physicians were doing much better in terms of uh, workplace satisfaction, their work um, efficiency, uh, and in several realms, we performed better than the national benchmark. And I credit so that to um, all of these efforts we've mentioned. That, that is uh, amazing that you are already in process with that, because um, fast forward to today, um, you know, we've got the present situation where we're, we're seeing uh, the Delta variant cases increasing across the country. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing with your physicians uh, and patient population and how you are addressing this now? Thank you. That's a great question. We have had a surge again over the past several weeks, like several other parts of the country, um, we are fortunate to live in an area that has a relatively high vaccination rate. However, you know, the efforts, we continue to educate and advocate for vaccinations. We continue to, you know, show up for work, roll with the punches, take care of the people that arrive at our door for care, um, keeping in mind that it is putting a lot of stress on our care teams, and we're trying to support them as best we can, just as we have done for the last 18 months. Well, one other thing that you did put in place, uh, of course, it's, it's interesting to think about you having been on kind of the leading edge of this uh, and experienced those waves earlier and realizing you need to change your model of care, uh, particularly around preventive and chronic disease uh, management as a result of the pandemic. Uh, now that you are where you are, uh, how has your world changed? Um, you know, you hadn't run uh, or offered telehealth before. How is the world that you're living in now in terms of uh, the care that you're providing different um, because of that than where you were a year ago? So at the beginning of the pandemic, we realized very quickly that our patients were starting to defer care. Some of it was 
um, their personal preference. Others were mandated by the um, governor, et cetera, with the stay at home, uh, where our preventive care was you know, put to a standstill. So we realized that we needed to allow a different care deliver delivery model. We had been toying with the idea of telehealth for a little while, but had not implemented it. So that I think was the biggest uh, change we made within two weeks, start to finish from deploying a software program, getting the hardware training workflows, billing documentation changes, everything. It was pretty remarkable how all departments came together with a common goal. And I think that is going to stay with us. It has been a pleaser for our patients who can access care safely and for our physician and staff. So uh, for those of you that like to know more details about this transformation uh, and the work that Evergreen Health has been doing, we have a case study on that available. Uh, go to ama-assn.org slash steps webinars, and you'll get a one hour uh, look at uh, in more detail. Uh, Dr. Sharma, thanks so much for being with us on the COVID-19 update. Uh, we'll be back with another episode shortly. In the meantime, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19 for resources on COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.